You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. So I've got a message for you this morning. Sometimes you might find yourself wondering what is happening around me. You see people giving testimony of the breakthroughs that they've received. Miracles happening in their lives, healing and deliverance. And you look at your own life and you say, when is my testimony coming? And you can very easily get frustrated. But I'm here to encourage you this morning that God holds your future. Blind Bartimaeus found himself in a situation like that. Sitting, hearing how people are saying, here's Jesus. Hearing the camels. Hearing the disciples walking but not having his own testimony. But when he shouted out and he said, Son of David, have mercy on me, the son stood still and gave attention to him. God makes everything beautiful in its time. God holds your future in his hand. There's no reason to get despondent. It is too early to cry. It's too early to start to murmur and complain because God holds your future and He will turn it around. That which He has promised, He will do. Peter found himself discouraged. He had worked all night, through the night, with no results. Nothing to show for what he has been doing, his efforts. Have you found yourself in a place like that? where you've worked very hard, done extra, and nothing has happened. Peter found himself in a situation like that. The mistake he made, he started talking about his problem, saying, there's no fish. I've worked all night. I know it's not working out. I can see the facts. And that's what the devil wants to do in your life. He wants you to focus upon the facts. Your situation instead of the promise that God has given you. God has brought salvation to all of mankind. Everything in your life as a Christian will change. One day you'll have a new body. A new soul, a new spirit. Glorified. Everything changed about you. But it's not only about one day. But it's also what God wants to do now. If you have a word from God, hold on to that word. Oftentimes, the very situation that you are in right now is the weapon that God is using to preserve you. Turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews 4 verse 14. You know, I often try and put myself in the shoes of the disciples. Or people that Jesus is talking about. And I'm thinking about Peter having toiled all night in the ocean. The sea when you, where you fish, the water is ice cold. Can you imagine pulling out those nets? How cold, how frozen their hands must have been. Now working and you're experiencing pain, suffering. And apart from the pain, your hands paining, your muscles paining, pulling it out, there's nothing in the nets. Am I the only one to think about things like that sometimes? 
I try and think, what were they going through? And here Jesus says to him, go out again, it's going to be successful. And he's saying, I've worked all night, I've toiled all night, there's nothing out there. Where you telling me to go, Jesus, is nothing. I had zero results the whole night, and now you're telling me just to go. But that act of faith, that look of faith, changed everything. When God has given you a promise, hold on to that promise. Peter initially started confessing, there's nothing. I've worked all night. It's been tough. And Jesus said to him, go and do it. When Peter had the revelation that Jesus was even Lord of the sea and the oceans, when he had that revelation, that conviction, he said, let's go. Faith will take you from where you are to where God wants you to be. Amen. Faith is simply, Amen. it's not getting goosebumps. Faith is just trusting God in everything He tells you. Amen. That is faith. Trusting God when He gives you an instruction. Hebrews 4, are you there? Verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. What does this mean? The fact that He has passed through the heavens means that He came to earth he died on the cross, he went to hell, and he rose from there, and now he's in heaven. Jesus is the answer to all fundamental problems. Every situation, every challenge that you are facing is the answer to that. And he's paid the price for that in full. So he says, seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Is there any difficulty that cannot be solved by heaven? No. See, so he's seated in heaven, he's passed through the heavens, he's paid the price in full. He is the answer, he's the solution, and he's waiting for you. Amen. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. God holds your future. If that which God has promised you is born of faith, it settles the matter. Amen. Now you should hold on to your confession. If you know Christ has promised it, hold on to your confession. Don't change your confession. It's when you change your confession, then you become like a wave in the ocean. To the left, to the right. To the left, to the right. I'm going to make it. I'm not going to make it. I'm the head, I'm the tail. I'm the head, I'm the tail. The nets are going to be full. The nets are going to be empty. Hold on to your confession. If you believe that the matter is settled in heaven, hold on to your confession. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was 100% convinced in their hearts, Jesus is their deliverer. That's why they held on to their confession and said, Jesus is our deliverer. Yeah. Ask Father Abraham, and he'll tell you, when you honor God with your faith, 
in your trial, in your testing, God will honor your faith. Go ask Job. And he says, in a time of testing, there's a need for perseverance. You need to persevere. Many of the things that God allows is not because He's not heard you, but because He's allowing you to mature. Because many of you have asked for things that God wants to give you, but it's not the right time. You're not ready for it. If your child is 12 years old and he asks you for a BMW M3, do you give much attention to him? Some of you have been asking things like that to God and you're saying, why isn't God giving attention to me? Are you going to give your son an M3 when he's 18? No. It's dangerous. If you have the character for that, enjoy it. But many times we ask things of God that we're not ready for. Why? Because we are comparing ourselves with our neighbor. It's the biggest mistake. If the devil cannot get you to focus upon your situation and your circumstances to get your eyes off that, he will make you focus upon your neighbor and your friend. God, am I not in church more than this brother? Am I not the one praying at midnight, fasting twice a week? He's in bed at 8 and he gets up at 8. But why has he got the breakthrough? Am I talking to the right people here this morning? And you're comparing yourself to your neighbor. Let your neighbor run his own race. You want to finish strong. Joseph had to go through a process. And what Joseph went through, he told his brothers, don't you say that you were in control of my life, that you sent me to Egypt. It was God that used me as an instrument in his hand of deliverance for you who allowed me to go to Egypt. God is in control of my life and holds my future. When you know God holds your future, whatever you are going through, You'll say, thank you, Jesus. Because you know God is in control. God is taking you from where you are to where He wants you to be. The prodigal son. The father that said to the prodigal son, said, I want to go, give me my inheritance. Was God not in control? God brought salvation to him. Who told him you can come back to your father? What's the Lord? But if we focus upon the wrong things, we think God is not in control. Let me encourage your heart a little bit. The disciples who walked with Jesus, when Jesus had died, they left their assignment to be fisher of men and went back to be normal fishermen. They had lost all hope. In that moment where they had lost all hope, God the Father was more in control. He was holding all of mankind's future in His hands, busy establishing the salvation of all of mankind. Just because you think God has lost control and God is not in control, 
does not mean he has lost control. God is in control. He holds your future. The Bible says, I know the thoughts I have toward you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. In the times now where it looks like the world is going crazy, you better hold on to your confession. Sometimes people say to me, yes, it's going, so, it's going bad in my life. The devil is loose in my life. I'm thinking, you're saying the devil is loose in your life. Why are you complaining? That's your confession. Why don't you change your confession and say the devil is under my feet? God is in control of my life. Not the enemy. Your children. Future that you are so concerned about, that you are working so hard to help them, to give them better than what you've got. Don't now start to confess and say, there's no future for these children in this country. Don't say to your children, you'll become nothing. Don't say to your children, you are stupid, you are dumb. Don't say, you are always naughty, and then complain when they're always naughty. It's in your confession. What does Jesus say? Jesus says, I've died for that child like I've died for you. Get heaven's opinion about the child and appear at the throne of grace to obtain grace and help and get heaven's opinion and declare it over that child. What the word says, not only for your child, but for yourself. One of the biggest mistakes is, is impatience. Impatience. If you understand times and seasons, your heart will be at peace. You'll not be comparing yourself with your neighbor. I've shared this before. I shared it in the previous service as well. I, a friend of mine, we started the church at the same time. Like, you know, I had to work and do ministry. And then he gives me a testimony. He says, you know what? I have three brothers in the church that came to me and said, you don't have to worry about anything. We will pay everything. You just focus upon the church. And I said, God, where's my three? <laughs> Can I tell you what happened in that time and season? God said, you must understand times and seasons. God said, sent one person to me. And he said, you want somebody like that? I can, there's this person. And when that person came, God said to me, no. This is a trap. Don't do it. You know what? You don't compare yourself to another brother. Today I'm very happy that God has taken me through the path that He has taken me. Because it's helped me to mature. Amen? Amen? If God has given you a word, hold on to that word. Matthew teaches us, don't worry about tomorrow. One of your biggest problems you're worrying about tomorrow. What's in the past, it's over. If the enemy can get you to focus upon the mistakes of the past, You'll never focus on the destiny, the purpose of today. You have to do today what you have to do. Because it helps you shape that which you cannot see the mystery. 
if you're worrying about tomorrow, you're making yourself God. Because God is the one that knows the future, not you. You're putting on a responsibility that's not yours, that you cannot carry. That's why he says, don't worry about tomorrow. It's today. He says, I will take care of you today. You have grace for today. He daily loads you with his benefits for the day. His mercy for the day. Grace for the day. You're now trying to use grace that's for today. That's not there, worrying about tomorrow. Worrying about tomorrow brings anxiety in your heart. Anxiety in the heart is the cause of depression. Worrying about things. David suffered from a little bit of depression. But he was the apple of God's eye. There are many children of God suffering from depression today. David said, my soul is heavy. Oh my soul, why are you so heavy? Why are you so bent down? Have you read it? What does it mean when your soul is bent down? Down is down. <laughs> when you're down, you're down. Hello. Yes. Don't be so over-spiritual yet today. <laughs> Sometimes you hit a low. Not even your faith is constant. The one day your faith is high, the next day your faith is low. But David said, listen to me. He started talking to himself. He says, listen to me, oh my soul, you'll yet praise God again. You will worship Him. When his friends wanted to kill him, he strengthened himself in the Lord. He said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living here on earth. We want heaven to manifest here on earth. Jesus said, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. That which is in heaven, which heaven has prepared for us, that which is perfect, where there's no worries, no sickness, no disease, we want that to manifest here on earth. The way that you do it is to look to Jesus by looking to the Word of God and holding on to your confession. That's how we bring change. Worrying about money. The Bible says, the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of this world will choke the word of God out of your heart. So God will put a promise in your heart that he says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to prosper you. I'm going to restore your family. Now the world, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, putting your focus on the wrong things, not the kingdom of God, will start to choke that word out of your heart. You know, after a while you say, I wonder if it's worth it to serve Jesus. It's better just to live like the world. Look, they are blessed. Amen. God holds your future Amen. in His hands. Yeah. Hold on to your confession. If you believe God has planned good things for you, He's given a promise, and that which He has given you is born of faith, it settles the matter. Amen. You Demonstrate your faith now by holding on to your confession. Amen? Amen? Today is your opportunity. What behind you is history. Today is an opportunity to reshape your destiny, your future. That in the future is a mystery. 
But if you seize the opportunities that God gives you today, the future is not a mystery anymore. Let me tell you the good news. Moses said, Moses said, I'm not moving into the promised land. Has God given you and promised you something? He says, I'm not moving into that promised land unless you have gone before me, Lord. When God has gone before you, tomorrow that's a mystery. God is there already. Amen. Who knows all things. Who will reveal all things. Who will not do anything without revealing it to us. But if you're worrying about the things of tomorrow, you're trying to do God's job. Amen. Am I helping some of you here today? Amen. Use the grace of today. Settle in your heart that God has planned good things for you. If you have that word, hold on to that confession. God will see you through. The best way to deal with anxiety and worries, because everybody worries. Let me see, is there anybody who doesn't worry? Everybody worries. Some of us are not warriors for the kingdom of God. We are warriors. Not a warrior that wants to fight the good fight of faith. You are warriors. Anxiety has gripped your heart. The best way to deal with that anxiety is to take that burden and give it to Jesus. Amen. Take that burden. Cast your burdens upon Him because He cares. He has dealt with all of those things. And then hold on to your confession. Don't let your situation or your challenge keep you from what God has called you to do. Because we look at situation and circumstances so quickly. Abraham, Abraham, God gave him a promise and said, Ishmael is not the promise, but Isaac. And then after he had given him Isaac, he said to him in Genesis 22, I want you to take Isaac, your only son, the one that you love so much, and sacrifice him. If his faith and his focus for his future was on Isaac, he would have lost heart. But because his faith was in God holding his future, he could say early the next morning, let's go. That which outwardly people would call a sacrifice, inwardly he called it worship. Because when his servant said, where are you going now? He says, you stay here, me and the lad, we will go yonder to worship. If his trust and his faith had been in Isaac, it now would have collapsed. You have to ask yourself, if that which is dear to you is not there anymore, will people still see and hear what you believe with all your heart, all your confession change? Because Abraham's confession did not change. He said, in the good times, in the times of sacrifice, in the challenging times, God is good. I love you, Jesus. And in the good times, his confession was exactly the same. When you know God holds your future, it doesn't matter what you go through. What am I saying? I've learned through this building project, you make certain commitments. Not even the building project. Sometimes you decide, God says in your heart, I want you to help this brother in this way. You say, yes, Lord, I'm going to do it. And I can do it. I've and now suddenly... Ten things happen that says, no, 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 listen to me. 
You cannot do that. Does it only happen to pastors or does it happen to you sometimes as well? Or am I the only one writing the test and you're also passing it? No. It will happen. But it will really cost you. When you honor God in your trial and in your testing, God will honor you in your trial and in your testing. Faith is simply trusting and obeying God's word. He holds your future. The enemy wants you to focus on the things around you so that you would lose focus. That which God has placed in your heart, protect it. That's what the Bible says. Guard your heart with all diligence. Because out of it flows the issues of life. One of the things that would want to choke the promise out, the word of God out of your heart, deceitfulness of riches, the cares of this world. That's why the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added. So whatever you go through, if God has given you a promise, and you know that which He has given you is born of faith, whatever you are going through is just to mature you. It's not to harm you, is not to destroy you. Remember Jesus, when he said to his disciples, let's go to the other side. Let's go to the other side. He went, found a pillow, and fell asleep at the back of the boat. Now they're going to the other side. What caused fear and anxiety in their hearts? They saw the storm. They saw the waves. And they said, oh, we're going to die. We're not going to get to the other side. Jesus said we're going to go to the other side, and now he's asleep. Why doesn't he help us? But if that, what he has said, if they had taken it to heart, by its very nature, it would have changed them. Faith would have raised up in their hearts, and they would have stood there in the front of the boat and said, sorry, waves, you're a little bit too low. Can you swell a little bit higher? God has said we're going to the other side. You can come as high as you want to. We're going to the other side. God holds my future. That's the kind of attitude that you need to have concerning your future. Whether there's a storm, I'm not going to look at the waves. If the waves want to be higher, my focus is upon Jesus and what He has said. He said, we're going to go to the other side. Even if the boat was half full of water, completely full of water, halfway under the water, that boat would have gone to the other side because Jesus said, we're going to the other side. Amen. God holds your future. Selah. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.